am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the Final Word World Cup Daily, Day 14. This is brought to you by Seabus Super. Industry super fun hitting your time. It's the 6th. It's at seabussuper.com.au. It is a hot and heavy day on a cold and heavy day in Taunton. Australia took on Pakistan. It was a hell of a ride. It was entertainment from start to finish in all kinds of different directions. And to give you a summary of that in 30 seconds is Adam Collins. Good luck doing that. It was such a great game of cricket. Restored my faith in the 50 over form. Not that it was ever diminished. Anyway, 30 seconds starting now. Australia was sent in on a green top. They made 307, built on a 146 run stand between Finch and Warner. Finch made 82, Warner made 107. Not much to speak of after that though. The next high score was 23 and that was Sean Marsh. It didn't come off down the list. They got bowled out one over short of their allotted time. In reply, Pakistan lost wickets early. They recovered well. Then they lost four in a hurry. Then Wahab Riaz arrived and nearly hit them to victory. It wasn't to be. They felt four one run short. Maxwell, great run out to finish. Oh, very good. Very good. You were um, well within the allotted time there. I've gone the I other think. way then. You were about, had about four seconds to spare, <sighs> I reckon. I would have mentioned Pat Cummins being bloody outstanding. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there was a lot to mention today. Um, it went several directions several times. It was one of those matches where you thought... Um, so after two overs, I was like, Pakistan are going to demolish Australia today. After about... 10 overs, you're like, Australia are going to demolish Pakistan today. And then it swung back and forth. Uh, Australia looked like they should have made 400 at one point. Then they got hauled back late. Uh, Muhammad Amir was oh, just gorgeous the way he bowled today. He basically kept Pakistan in it. But then suddenly, at about 35 overs, suddenly everyone else joined in and started to haul the Australians back and restrict their score. And then the Pakistan run chase was similarly a roller coaster of highs, lows, and things we learned along the way. Yeah, I mean, 50 over cricket, just to expand on that earlier thought is so maligned people hate on it with such regularity I mean the tournament was sodden for two days so much negativity and then you realise that sometimes you need the better part of 100 overs to be fulfilled and I felt so fulfilled it had every necessary sort of twist the Warner Tarn and the celebration that Finch explosion at the start the Muhammad Amir redemption tale I suppose given how poor he's been in one day cricket the last couple of years yeah. the, the Fakir Zaman dismissal I mean you know you get the best player Pakistan have got out for a duck Barber as, um, with his um, you know, setting him up for the hook after batting so brilliantly, Hafiz's brain explosion. I mean, the risk Aaron Finch bowling himself and it kind of paid off by picking up a wicket. Or kind bit. of paid off in space. Yeah, I mean, it was a brain explosion from uh, Muhammad Hafiz, but still we'll talk of that, I'm sure. I mean, Hassan Ali and Wahab Riaz, their hitting, which was just extraordinary when the game was over at 160 for six. Then DRS's contribution, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, when we get to the to the Hall of Fame, the Mitchell Starks death bowling, Glenn Maxwell hitting one stuff like that. There's almost nothing this game didn't at some stage have and it yeah. led to that volatility and who was winning. And, you know, Obviously, it's a stupid question, who's winning a game of cricket? But if you were to identify what team was winning, that changed so many times. Mm. It, it, was a, it was a great, great advertisement for the game. 
There was uh, the way that Warner got off the mark. He'd obviously given himself a bit of a talking to in the last few days. He was much more dynamic, um, r- dropping the ball into the covers early and just sprinting quick singles and was able to pick up boundaries. But that that was all coming from the end that Shaheen Afridi was bowling from because at the other end, Muhammad Ami was bowling just a, a, an obscenely pretty spell of swing bowling. He was zipping them out, zipping them in. He was unhittable. He was wrapping pads. He was doing the works. He just couldn't get the breakthrough in the Australians battled through it. A sign of a great swing bowler is that you don't know which way the ball's moving after it decks. Mm. You think Terry Alderman, you think Damien Fleming. Um, in modern times, Jasbit Bormray is less a swing bowler, more a seam bowler. But the ones who really do make it tough, are the, and, and that's what Amir was doing, he, especially to Warner, he was cutting him in half down with the angle from the pavilion end, or he was shaping it away and beating the outside edge. I mean, it was just, and I'm not for a moment comparing myself to Mohammed Amir, but having run in for 20 years trying to bowl seam up that is just delicious it's, it's as good as it gets and he deserved to pick up five outside edges or five stumps tumbling he did get five wickets the bulk of which were hit straight in the air but the highlights will belie what was a masterful swing bowling and seam bowling effort early on and he got them late as well he, he came back and pegged those wickets back but early it looked like he should get bags of wickets but we've seen him do that quite a number of times in even in 20 over games where he bowls a couple of gorgeous overs at the start but doesn't actually get the reward for it again that happened today Finch and Warner were just piling the runs on. They were 146 after 22 overs. And at that point, we were genuinely saying 400s on. And then 350 was definitely on after 30 overs. They did peg it back a yep. wee bit in the next 10 when they, I think they both fell in that 10 no, over. No, certainly, they, no, certainly Finch fell around that mark yeah. and, and then the, the then Smith as well. So yeah, I, not long afterwards, yeah, Finch and yeah. Then Smith. Smith was out for 10, um, having tried to tee off. He was looking to push the rate. Um, he skied one up in the air. Asif Ali took a catch after having dropped an absolute sitter and slip. Um, and so Smith was out cheaply. They sent Maxwell in to try to push the rate, which I thought was the right move at the time, given Australia were 189 for two. It was like, okay, well, maybe someone makes, if he comes out and makes 50 off 20, then uh, that's what they want. He made 20 off 10 and then played a, a pretty ordinary shot and got bowled. That's what I was thinking of. When, when Maxwell walked out, the... What do they call that commentator chart we have in front of us? Said eight runs and over equals three hundred and fifty-four, and I thought, well, that's the right time to send Maxwell out because mm. if he comes off, if he bats for thirteen or fourteen of those overs, they're getting a minimum of three fifty, and it's game over. Mm. We heard Virat Kohli speak after the Australia game about how in modern fifty-over cricket, yep. three thirty is kind of the new three hundred. Like three thirty is the number which, if you get above it you're in a fair bit of trouble as a team chasing. So that's what Australia were obviously trying to do, and they fell badly short of that by losing a clump of wickets, and they didn't stick the landing. And partly that has to do with the fact that they did get funky with their batting lineup. So Smith and Maxwell were promoted, which meant that Marsh and Kawaja, who are less adept at playing that kind of role, were expected to Mm. do a bit of the heavy lifting towards the end when they needed to go at 10 and over, and and they were unable to do so. Both were out trying to hit out, doing the right thing, I should add. No no fault of theirs, but not their natural game. They're just not the kind of players that you necessarily need coming in at that position and I think it, it ends for me any doubt that basically Australia were hiding Usman Kawaja because he's been played out of position he was demoted against India as well so he was yeah. he, notionally he's a first drop now that David Warner's opening but Steve Smith went to three against India went to three again today so Kawaja's not being allowed to open he's not being allowed to bat three he got shuffled down to six today. He has never in his life in list A cricket, in domestic cricket, ever batted at six. He's batted at number five once in list A cricket, and that was yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. And then in a World Cup, Australia were like, oh, by the way, champ, you're at six. Off you go. Good luck. It, it's, it's unfair on him, I and agree. it's just stupid. It just doesn't make any sense, and it shows you more than anything else that they've botched 
this selection. They botched the 11. They botched the squad. Yeah, it does build a case for him to open on one hand. But on the other, how could you possibly not have Finch and Warner continue to do the role? Which does mean that Okwaja okay. gets squeezed. He's got more runs than any player on the planet this year. I'm going to play devil's advocate it's on hard that. To, okay. Warner makes 107 off 111 balls. What has Warner done that... Kawaja couldn't have done in the same oh, no, no. position. Yeah, that's the kind of innings Kawaja no, plays. No, I, I understand that. that. That's a reasonable point. So the idea being that, that Warner bats three, right? Well, Like I, he does in the IPL. Or even potentially that Warner bats six because Australia don't have a six. They need someone who can be destructive down uh, the order. Well, I, well, I know it's funky. I, but Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't I don't share the view. I think that Warner today showed all of the purpose that was missing yep. in the last couple of games. He, he just did the press conference, which was really interesting. I mean, this is a bit of a behind the fourth wall, I don't know, behind the curtain type thing. But Warner hasn't actually spoke to us on tour yet. Uh, and he did just then, which was instructive. He didn't do it after the Afghanistan man of the match performance. And I'm sure we're going to get some criticism for not asking the hardest possible questions in that presser, but it's impossible because of the way that they pass the microphone around. You get one question each. It's not the sort of presser where you can go warts and all on mm. on Newlands, and, and that's for another day. But yeah. just hearing him talk and, 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 uh, and express himself about the way he was batting and how he did feel himself, that it was just a rhythm thing. Yeah. And the last couple of days, he stepped back from it all, and he came here today feeling like he was going to do well. And, you know, that, that's, that's a big part of cricket, isn't it? It's, that, it's a touch game. Mm. And today he had it. And the running between the wickets, outstanding. He and yep. Finch together, I don't think I've seen two batsmen bat together. Who run, and I know Finch got run out the other day. But I don't think, I mean, that is the, if, you, if you're coaching young kids, get them to watch the way those two guys ran between the wickets today to break up the field. The pressure was immediately transferred back on to Shaheen Afridi, to Hassan Ali, to Wahab Riyaz, because they just kept breaking it up with singles. It was more about that than the, the towering sixes that Finch would occasionally punctuate the innings with. Yeah, brought up his 100th six in one-day cricket today, oh, really? which I've Didn't been tracking for a little while. <laughs> of course, yeah. That was the first one. He was on 99 <laughs> coming into coming into today. He's now 34th on the all-time list, you'll be pleased to know. Nonetheless, look, I, I guess the logic behind my point is that Kawaja was already making hundreds at a strike rate of 90 before Warner came back. If Warner's coming back and also making hundreds at a strike rate at 90, what's the rationale? Why is he a better option in the team? So I think you, you either have to pick one or the other and say, well, Kawaja's our opener or Warner's our opener, but they've tried to keep them both and, and that's just not working. Yeah, well, anyway. I'd be, well, with Mitchell Marsh available for the next game, uh, if they do leave Stoinis out, he did a fitness test at lunch. I don't know what to read into that. They're going to test him again before the Oval, but if they elect to shake the squad up, I doubt they'll want to go in unbalanced a second time because mm. it did nearly backfire with the ball, and I'm sure we're coming to that. With the ball, Australia did have to bowl Glenn Maxwell in the final 10. I think Finch kind of it was a it was a, a a judgment call. It was a line ball decision whether to get Maxwell's overs out of the way before the forty over mark, but they, they elected not to, and it nearly hurt them badly mm. as Wahab Riaz teed off the ballad of Wahab Riaz in Australia. Oh. I mean, what a what a what a sumptuous thing it's been over several years, and yep. I'm glad it got. That might be the last time that he plays against Australia. In fact, I'd, I'd say it probably will be realistically. Yep. He might come to Australia this summer. I doubt it. He's out of favour generally, and if it were to be the last time, then then you know I'm glad it included several towering sixes and nearly you know winning the unwinnable after they were at one stage 160 what, for six. What a waltz we've had with Wahab Riaz. So yeah, Australia, you know, wickets fell. They were eventually bowled out and over short of completing their Again, 50. Three and, times now. Yep. So made 307. Um, and then, but but Wahab in that, in that Australian batting innings, oh God, the two catches that were dropped off him, both from Asif Ali, one at slip, he gets Finch to edge to slip, straight to him, through the hands, goes for four. And then way later, and much in the middle of the innings, it was Warner, wasn't it? Toe ends it down to yep. third man. 
and Asif Ali has been put back on the rope and spills the simplest outfield catch you'll ever see, <laughs> just arced to him. And Wahab was he was he li- was literally being cuddled by Safraz after the first one. Who was it was the end of an over, and Safraz just had an, both arms around him saying. I love you. I want you to keep bowling. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we're not taking the catches. But my God, how hard Wahab works and to get no reward. He eventually picked up one wicket, but he yeah. should have had more for that. And then when he came out with the bat, I mean, they were 160 for six. Hassan Ali comes out and blasts 32 off 15 balls. Suddenly they're 200 for seven when Hassan gets out and Wahab goes, all right, I'm going to make 45 and let's see if we can make this interesting. It was totally game over too. I mean, you say 160 for six, that may, and that's remembering they lost wickets at 136, 146, 147, and 160. Like, they were reeling at 160 for six. They were gone. And then out of nowhere, Hassan Ali goes, no, actually, just give me 10 minutes, see how I go. And and, and he he got out hooking as well. I mean, Barbara's arm getting out when he did. And also, Fucker Zaman caught it third man. Kane Richardson yep. in the in the in the in the southwest corner of the ground here. I mean the um it, it was uh it was it was a day for getting caught at fine leg, as did Hassan Ali. But Yeah. Well uh, yeah, third man or fine leg. Yeah. So so three of the so Fakar went that way, uh Barbara Azam made thirty and looked great and then went that way. Uh Imam Al-Haq was looking very steady. He made 53, was was going to be the rock, and then he hooked at a Cummins ball down leg side, which yep. honestly just should have been knocked away through fine leg for four, got a touch on it and was caught behind, and that was a limp dismissal. And then Mohamed Hafiz, the, maybe the worst of the lot, Finch comes on to bowl, bowls him a knee-high full toss, uh, and somehow he swept it in the air to the one man on out on the leg side. A high risk, high reward, the Finch spell, and, and it came off. I just want to – I know we're, we're pressed for time, but a lot happened today. Pat Cummins, three for 33. Three off ten. He got the first over today. We just asked him at the mix zone then actually about a few bits and pieces, including that. He isn't sort of saying um, he isn't kind of acknowledging that he's getting choice events, but we can kind of read between the lines. I think that he is Australia's trump card at the moment. There is a case for him bowling arguably in the middle overs more because he did he did so well again today in his second spell. But he's rapid at the start. Picks up Fakazamin, um, third ball that he faced. I mean. You want Cummins everywhere at the moment. He's the solution to every problem. Yeah, and uh, good in the field, and we haven't really seen what he can do with the bat. But So, you know, they, they had those couple of partnerships through the middle, and it looked like they were pretty well on track. Then that slide of four wickets that you say, then Hassan and Wahab coming in and teeing off. And Safraz Ahmed was out there in the middle with them, which is instructive. He was just saying, well, you know, keep going, fellas. You, you're doing well. Um, he was the captain, the sort of steady voice. And, yeah. and at one point, you know, they needed 50 off about 48 balls with the three wickets in hand. And you were thinking, I reckon they're going to do it here. And then Stark has one over that changes the game. Nicks off Wahab just with the tiniest little nick you've ever seen that, that gets brought up on DRS with one second to spare on the timer. Finch yeah. went upstairs. Uh, and then he got Muhammad Ami in next ball who can bat as well and who could have, well, sorry, a couple, a couple of balls, balls later. later. Yeah, he knocked him over, middle stump flying yeah. and all the rest of it. No doubt about the bales there. Well, look, yeah, that, that's right. I mean, we'll, we'll just park the um, Wahab Riyaz dismissal for a sec. I want to come back to that in greater depth in our in our uh, in our Hall of Fame. But um, the the last run out too, it had that last bit of magic. The Maxwell run out. He didn't have the best day, but he managed to influence it at the end. I mean, I know they were probably going to lose anyway at that point, but it was a nice cherry on top of what was a a fabulous game of. Limited overs cricket. I love this format. Yep. And as Pat Cummins said in his mix zone spot, then um, the best he you know, quoting Ricky Ponting saying it is sometimes the best of Test cricket meshed with the best of T Twenty, and that's what today felt like. There we go. Uh, my player of the day, Wahab, for sure, just for the way he bowled, <laughs> all heart, and then the way he batted. God love him. God love him and his tired, tired face for playing for Pakistan for so long. Yeah, um, Muhammad Amir for me. I just, I was just captivated by that spell from go to 
five for thirty, Mohammed Emir. Hall of Fame. Who's in the Hall of Fame today? Well, I'm, I'm putting DRS in there. The Aaron Finch, you know, uh, stroke DRS. As you say, the Wahab dismissal. They were on. It was. It, I mean, they. It was seven and a half and over to win when he yep. came in. He got it down to roughly a run a ball, and then only I think Mitchell Stark. And maybe kind of sort of David Warner, but definitely Aaron Finch said, look, we've got to consider going upstairs. Alex Kerry didn't much fancy it. It's a bold play using your review at any stage in a one-day international, especially for a court behind. And then all the fans around the ground were booing because they thought, oh, you're trying to cheat you know, by uh, throwing up a dodgy one, which mm-hmm. is the custom. And then we saw the, the faintest little movement on the technology and Mitch Stark was already back at his bowling run-up. Yeah. They were that sure it wasn't going to be given out. They, they'd conceded defeat after the first replay and there it was. So DRS, uh, you know, it, it's maligned but today it, it's been, it's contributed to an important decision being made. Yeah, it did the gig. It, um, it, it turned the match and had we not had it, it would have been coming up on the broadcaster's feed anyway and we would have been saying, well, he was out there but not exactly. given. Um, Muhammad Hafiz's moustache was a nomination we've had in from listeners <laughs> online, which I think was very good, particularly when he took a wicket today and then and then twirled the moustache. I afterwards. think it was the great catch he took. It was an excellent catch he took off Aaron Finch running back with the flight of the ball, mm. and the, his response to it was twirling his moustache. The, the, the professor, what can you say? Thirty-eight years of age, crazy dismissal himself. We've referenced a couple of times. Got a wicket with the ball after getting clouted by got Aaron Steve Finch. Smith out, got Steve Smith out, pretty good. And then that catch, he, he's always in the game. May he continue playing till he's fifty-eight. I hope hope so. He's also the only reliable Pakistani catcher, really, in that team. Mohamed Afiz will take an outfield catch for you. <laughs> no one else you can really be sure of about that. Um, anyone else in the Hall of Fame today? Oh, gosh. Uh, look, I, I think that's that. Th- those both uh, uh, fit the bill. I don't yeah. know whether we need to go searching too much further. Maybe just the fact that David Warner fronted the media. Maybe the rain for not raining, which <laughs> rain, was nice. Rain for not raining and, and, and Dave for walking out and saying hello and, and doing the right thing after okay. you know keeping his head down. I'm, I'm, I think, though, the... Per- Going into the Hall of Fame, I think, is DRS and Aaron Finch together. Very good. That last one. That's the end of part one. We'll be back in second. Now, quick word about our sponsors, Jeff. Have you ever thought about your dream retirement? I have literally never thought about any kind of retirement. <laughs> well, are you keeping an eye on your super? Are you confident you're with the fund that has your best interests at heart? If I'm completely honest, I don't think I even know what fund I'm with or if I have super. <laughs> okay, well, this is very important information for you. Did you know that CBUS is an award-winning industry super fund run to benefit members rather than profit shareholders? So, for example, this year, CBUS won the CanStar Most Satisfied Customers Super Fund Award. That does sound like a deeply satisfying experience. <laughs> well, they've put their members' interests first for 34 years, and it shows. Their My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% over that time. That actually does sound like something I should investigate. <laughs> so consider CBUS today. Visit cbussuper.com.au. And remember that past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. <laughs> You've always wanted to do that. <laughs> this is the final word, part Two on day 14, I think, of the World <laughs> Cup Daily, the final World, World Cup Daily. And uh, we are in Taunton. We're going to be in Nottingham tomorrow. And, and well, we, we're, we're leaving getting shortly. Yeah, the way we're getting there is going to be a, a talking point in itself. We thought about doing the podcast from the back of the Venga bus tonight with our colleagues, uh, Grav Joshi and Brat Sandrin, but we're going to do it here instead. But we're getting a, we're going via motorhome. 
to Nottingham this evening, which is going to be an experience, I am sure. And if you follow World Cup on Wheels, you'll be able to see, I'm sure, several videos where Jeff and I featured. Right. Yeah, so they're they're doing a series (laughs) called World Cup on Wheels, which I think you can find online. Uh, It's it's a real novelty way to get around. It's second only to, I don't know, taking a sort of Flintstones brontosaurus or something to to Trent Bridge. I can't remember which city is called what in England at the moment. Nottingham is the place, the... um, the, the the sheriff is no longer in residence. I think it's going to rain tomorrow. Really? I heard a little whisper on the way out the door before that there's a bit of rain about again. I, I really hope it doesn't affect the tournament as much as it has already. But if it were to, then today's Australia's win today is even more important given mm. there's single points going all around the competition at the moment. So we will see on that. And then where do, where do Australia, Australia are next playing Sri Lanka on at the Saturday. Oval, at the People's Ground on, yeah. sat, on Saturday. I uh, can't wait for that back in South London. And where are Pakistan off to? Well, yeah, no, that's a big opportunity for Australia to bank a couple more points. They're up to second on the table at the moment, but Sri Lanka not going so well. So mm. as long as they can get on there, the Aussies will be confident and you know get that one and they'd be pretty close to tipping into a semi-final. Um, aside from that, Pakistan... Oh, we know, we're have, going to that. <laughs> Pakistan have the big one. They've got India in Manchester, the India-Pakistan game at Old Trafford, which is going to be absolutely freaking bonkers. We are going to be there for that and that's going to be the most interesting intense hyper-partisan possible cricket match you can imagine, especially in the current climate between those two countries. Yeah, the only time I've been to an India-Pakistan game was the Champions Trophy final at the Oval a couple of years ago, but that was a bit different. With a final, they sell tickets to a whole range of people. Mm. This is a... It's almost better to get to see a group game between the yeah. two of them where their fans have had the chance to buy the better part of 25,000 tickets. It should, I mean, I, I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. And, well, basically, Pakistan have to win it to stay in the hunt, really, yeah. to, to be in the hunt for a semi-final spot. So it's must-win for them. They've never beaten India in a World Cup. They did smash India in the Champions Trophy final yeah. two years ago and weren't they glad about that. But they've never beaten them in a World Cup match ever. You know, this is going back so many decades sure. now. And that... That it's almost a grieving for Pakistan fans that ritually every four years they get humiliated by India in the World Cup and India's a much stronger side than Pakistan at the moment and their bowling attack could do the job. So that's going to be a massive weekend for, for us Saturday and Sunday and for you. We're going to bring it all to you on the Final Word World Cup Daily and uh, I think for now that's enough because we've just tipped over 20 minutes. We, we had to. There was so much to do today. I love one-day cricket. Who doesn't love one-day cricket? A lot of people don't and they should. Well, I love one-day cricket. Thanks to CBUS Super, the industry super fund, sorting out your retirement. And you can check them out at cbussuper.com.au. Jeff Lemon and Adam Collins signing off. We'll be back with the World Cup Daily Day 15 tomorrow. I ain't protected by the way I ain't fenced in. my future questions, my current senses, that'll be the same we've been doing for centuries. Sorry if I ran out to empty road this so you know what I meant here. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members, while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.